to the Fancy File Podcast. I am your host, Greg DeScott, and you are listening to one of the greatest underground Christian podcasts ever made. Probably not true, but we're going to go with that today. Next time, we might go with something different. Uh, and I have with me today a wonderful group of co-hosts and co-panelists, co-pilots. If we were on a plane, I don't know if they actually would be my pilot or if I would be the pilot. But... In the fancy file plane, they are. I have with me Mick. Mick, how are you today? Glad to be back in the bunker. I thought we were at an airport. Oh, that's the name of the airport. The bunker? That That's actually cool. I like that. The bunker airport. The bunker airport. You have to go underground to go in the sky. Does airplanes take off from underground? Like, do they? Yeah, it's, we didn't have enough space, so we had to go vertical. Yeah, I can just imagine how messed up that would be like just one tunnel of planes just a tunnel of planes yeah trying to lift off underground yeah <laughs> okay uh also with me today is melanie she is uh with us obviously <laughs> since i had announced her wow <laughs> thank you i'm so glad to be with you i was gonna say you're you're back with us okay. from a break but you were with us the last time yeah, so oh, you kind of lied there. No, I didn't Almost. lie. I oh, just, you are with us. I just went off. Yeah, I lied about <laughs> her being with us. We just put her voice in from previous <laughs> shows. Cut out, cut out her voice. Not here. How are you? I'm great. Yeah. Yes. Rejoicing. Rejoicing in the cockpit. In the right, good. We're still on the airplane. I was like, what cockpit? Oh, here we are, people. Uh, Mick, there is a few things that we can ask the listening audience to do. What would that be? Visit your local church. Yeah, very good. <laughs> um, spend time with your mom. Call her. Call her, yes. Same. Um, call your mom. There's also, in passing, you could follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, uh, at The Christian Service or The Fancy Files. And you could buy our merch. That's true, we have merch. We have merch. Uh, You can mentally prepare for the arrival of my new book. There's a lot of things. You can buy my old book. Tell them about the book. Which one? The old book. The old book is about how we are not at home. And guess what? I named it Not at Home. Which is true for everyone except one right now. That's true. (laughs) Someone is at home. Someone is at home. We are recording at someone's home. We won't say who. It's a secret bunker location. This does not have airports, by the way, or airplanes. No. No, but the idea of the whole book is really that we're not at home on this earth and that our home is heaven. And so whether you're with your family, whether you're with other Christians or at church, you're not at home. So until you get there, don't expect to be to feel as though you're at home. And why don't we tell them about the autograph photo that we're going to send out to people if they request it? If you request it, I have a picture. Of myself. This is an official school picture from this year uh, where I wear a cowboy hat. So I will sign it and send it to you if you request it and attach also a question regarding the podcast or the faith. So, yeah. And they can request two photos. One of you dressed up like a cowboy and one of you dressed up like a sailor. I knew that was coming up. Uh I have no pictures of me in a sailor hat. Yet. Yet. If they request it. If they request it. Imagine that's really what breaks through the floodgates of questions. They want to the see The thought you of having pictures of me. 
Also, I am dressed in those pictures. I do want to, like. Well, obviously, you're you're a cowboy or you're a sailor. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to make that clear. Well, I don't think anyone thought otherwise. But thank you <clears throat> Let's, for the one yeah. confused person that might be like, "What am I getting here?" Yeah, because maybe they'll request it faster. Would Melanie send an autograph photo? No. What if it was a picture of a dog and you signed your name? Like, this is my favorite dog. Well, I am a puppy in some ways. Some have That's said that <laughs> okay. I was a puppy. <laughs> but what I wanted to say is if you watch Mix Block, I think you'll get to see him in a sailor's hat. Oh, right. There's an episode where I think I wear one. Yep. Yeah. We actually have a fan on the, on the show of the Mix Block. It's true. A fan? Well, you knew about it. Oh, yes. I'm a fan. Sorry. Like, all I remember about Mixed Block is him throwing himself down the stairs. I thought you were talking about an actual fan. Yes, we have a fan here that loves Mixed Block. Yes, a big metal fan. We call it Fan. Fan. We're going to put eyes on it, and we'll take it away with us everywhere. And if you want, there's an actual photo of me with a fan that looks like this. That's what I was thinking. And I won't send it to you, but I can privately send it to you if you message us. Through the Fancy Files page. With questions and requests. With questions, and yes. And that good point, if you have any questions or comments on anything that we say or do at the Fancy File uh, podcast, please feel free to reach out. Either we'll respond because we might have missaid something uh, or misquoted something, which can happen. Uh, or you just have a question about the Bible. If we get enough questions, we might even do a question and answer show uh, down uh, in the future. But I guess we're not there yet. No. No. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> my, at one point, definitely was our biggest fan. And, uh, and still, I think, is one of our biggest fans. Mm. So thank you, uh, mom, for listening. I hope you're enjoying this. Are we going to shout out anyone else's mom or is that it? No. Okay. I, I don't think my mom will listen to this. Anyone want to shout out to a cousin? Please, cousin, please. Please, cousin, please. Okay. All right. We're going to move on. (laughs) Sounds like a hostage situation. What is going on here? Uh, I'm in the wrong section of the Bible. We are going to Revelation chapter 2 because we are doing a study uh, on the seven churches in Revelation. (laughs) Uh, Somebody has lost it. You can't see it. But maybe one day the podcast will be recorded as well, and then you'll be able to see that Melanie has... uh, She's totally lost herself. She's gone. She got in the bunker airplane. It took off and it ain't coming back. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to be reading from Revelations chapter 2, verses 8 to 11. We're still in the church of Smyrna, uh, the persecuted church. Uh, And yes, we're well aware that it takes us a long time to go through these uh, verses. That's okay. Uh, We don't want to rush. And we hope that without repeating the same thing, Uh, that you're learning something new, and that is an encouragement to you. Uh, So, Mick, I'd like for you to read Revelation chapter 2, 8 to 11. All right. I'm reading from the New King James. Uh, I was going to read from another translation, but what's the point if that's the one I always read from? That's fair. And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested. And you will have tribulation ten days. 
Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Well done, sir. How'd that feel? Felt amazing. I always ask him that. It's I just know. because you're very good at reading. Well, you're right. It's fair. Are we with it? Did the plane land? The plane has not landed yet. That's okay. Fancy files and laughs and giggles. That's what's going on here. Okay. Uh, so like we said, we've been going through a series where we want to go through all the seven uh, churches written in Revelation. There is a lot of stuff that is said in these uh, churches. These were actual churches. I know within the church world, I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. Uh, some people believe that each church represents a church age. And perhaps we can say that maybe at certain points in church history that one of these churches may have reflected more of what the church was dealing with or going through. However, I do believe that all throughout church history, you're going to have churches that are dealing with all sorts of things that each and one of these seven churches are dealing with. For example, there are churches today that would be like Smyrna, persecuted church. Reality is all Christians are going to or should be facing persecution. That doesn't mean go look for it. And it doesn't mean that if you're not feel, experiencing persecution now, uh, that there's something wrong with you. But the Bible is very clear that all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You will experience it. That doesn't mean that it, that you're going to be arrested or that you're going to be threatened with death or that you have to uh, be a martyr. Uh, what it means that at some point in your life, you are going to have a rough experience for the sole reason that you are a Christian. Point final. Point final done. Let's, well, that's it. We can land the plane here. No. Did you land your plane? I hope so, Melanie. Because your giggles. All right. Uh, we Now, as we've been going through this, we've been re uh, reading a list of some of the reasons that Christians or churches suffer. So we've got to remember, yes, we can read this as if it's written to a person. It is written to churches. So in reality, yes, this is written to the church, a, a specific church itself. But there's still truth to apply to the believer. So, because, I mean, if the church is being persecuted, you are in the church, you're going to experience it as well. And as we went through, like, talking about some of the reasons, and if you don't remember, just go back and listen to the previous ones. I don't want to repeat them all. It is important to point out that these are, are not the only reasons, uh, and it doesn't mean that it's something that's the reason you're going through it. But these can be some of the reasons scripturally uh, that a, per, a church or a person is suffering. Uh, are you okay? She decides to laugh at this. We're suffering. <laughs> it was terrible timing. You know what? I, and it, I understand what that's like because I remember um, if you, you know, when you just get laugh, you can't stop laughing. Uh, and of course, some people, depending where you're going, some people might be like, that's the spirit. Uncontrollable laughter. That's well, true. I mean, may, you know what? Oh, who am I going to tell the Holy Spirit <laughs> what he's doing? But just because someone's laughing doesn't mean they have the spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I do believe there is a, a joy in the Lord, which might produce laughter. However, I didn't want to get into that. But I said all that to say this. When I was younger, I was at a church service and it was an Anglican church. So for the most part, Anglican churches are very like. Very conservative, very more like subdued and quiet. Uh, so here I am at the front of the church, and I don't know what it was. 
that set me off. But I just couldn't stop laughing. And I'm laughing and I'm laughing and I'm laughing. And you know when you get to the point where you're like, okay, now now you're aware you're laughing. And that makes you laugh even more, which is what's happening to Melanie. Um, this is all because of the cousin thing. And so I'm laughing. And then like I started to feel bad because someone goes to the front and starts sharing this really like kind of sad story of like losing somebody. And like I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't. I can't be here right now. I'm dying of laughter. And so it's kind of like you. We're talking about persecution and suffering, and you're laughing. You're laughing. I feel bad. Living your best <laughs> life now. It's true. But yeah. And then someone actually looked at me and was like, oh, that's the Holy Spirit. And I'm like, no, this is this is just me being, for whatever reason, I don't remember what set it off. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just because, like, you know when you're in a moment that is just so serious, mm-hmm. and you might look around, and somebody might just have a weird look on their face or is just just acting totally different than the mood of the room i think that just set me off and so don't look around in church eyes right to the front okay so uh i had in my list there was one more thing i wanted to bring up and then we can move on and maybe some of you guys here uh mick and um melanie might another one came to your mind that you can share too but I wrote down, we're going to suffer because we're also in a fallen world. Right? This is not as God originally created it. This is a world that is in sin. This is a world that is in rebellion against God, uh, which was not how it was at the beginning of the Garden of Eden. It was not in rebellion against God. And it became in rebellion when they took partook of the forbidden fruit, which some people like to see say it's an apple. And maybe for some people out there, eating apple is like a rebellious thing. But, hey, some people don't eat apples okay. <laughs> because in the garden. Well, it doesn't say apple. but So this world is in rebellion against God, hates God. It talks about Satan as the prince of the power of the air, the little God, little G of this world. Little G, like he's a rapper or something. Oh, there's little G. Uh, so because of that, that in of itself is going to be a cause of hatred. We talked about it last episode that we're participating in the sufferings of Christ. They hate Christ. They hate us. Uh, and that is the result of a fallen world. So I guess I could have gone in as well with what I said the last time. But I just want to emphasize that. Bad things happen. Suffering and even sickness as a result of the consequence of sin on this world. That things happen because of that uh if we look at the book of romans chapter 1 verses 29 to 32 there's just i guess it's a good picture of what the world kind of looks like and not saying that everyone is exactly like this but this idea that when sin really creeps into your life and you allow it these are telltale signs that you've kind of lost control over a lot of things and so when we read being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, 
that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And I think for us, we need to remember that in suffering, we're going to be exposed to the brokenness of the world. And the thing that we ought not to do as Christians is to, like that last verse says, right? But have pleasure in in them that do them. It's like you know that certain things are bad and horrible. And these things hurt other people. And even if you think maybe gossiping is not that big of a deal, it is. Yeah. Yet, we find out that, you know, this idea that, yeah, don't do those things. Also, don't take pleasure in those who actually do partake. That's good. Mm-hmm. Because those people know that this is wrong. You don't have to ask the world if murder is wrong. Most people will probably tell you it's wrong mm-hmm. and that murder should go to jail. We even say that accomplices should be tried. Like, oh, they knew. You know, the the whole idea with Christ, right, as well. Like, oh, if they hated the master, wait until they get to the, uh, those who serve him. Well, we do that with sin. Murderers are, are guilty. Accomplices are guilty. And it, it goes to show just how distorted the world is. Because it's always the same thing. And we're always face-to-face with the corruption and the brokenness of a world that is looking for a savior and that can't find it. Ecclesiastes is all about that. It is a king or an author who tries everything and his conclusion is, oh, nothing will fill it except for the Lord. Yeah, right. Good point. I want to read this from first Peter. I I kind of, really weirdly quoted first peter last time uh and i'm i was looking at the verses and i think this is important for us to remember as believers in first peter 4 so it says in verse 1 it says therefore since christ suffered for us in the flesh arm yourself also with the same mind for he who suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin so there is a part of suffering that we go through that helps us where god will use it to to help us to overcome sin as well. That he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lust of men, but for the will of God. Uh, and then it goes on, and there's a lot that like more to read, but I want to read um, in verse 18. It says, sorry, 16. It says, if, yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, if the righteous one scarcely saved, where will the ungodly and the sinner appear? Therefore, let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good as a faithful creator. So we, and I like that, according to the will of God. And it actually says in the verses before, like people can suffer because of their own sin. Like, you might suffer because you did something ridiculous. So if you're suffering because of your, whatever it is that you did, that's not God, like, or I should say that's not on the same level as, like, the church suffering because you did it to yourself. If you're going to be a jerk and people don't like you, well, there's no surprise there. But here it talks about 
suffering as a Christian according to the will of God. As Christians, we're going to experience suffering, and we need to arm our minds. We need to prepare ourselves that, hey, Jesus did, we're going to do it, we're going to experience it as well. And there is this also, I guess we could add this to the list, that God does bring suffering into the church as like a a judgment or chastisement. Um, And I know that that might not jive with some Christians who will say God never does stuff like that to his people. Well, uh, what do you do with those verses that talk about you know, like a, a good father chastens or disciplines his children. And so we know God's going to judge the world. It's very clear that he's, if he sees things in the church, he's going to enter in and intervene and he's going to deal with it. Why? Because he's mean? Because he's unkind? No, because he loves us. And he wants his people to walk in his will and in his ways. And then what does it say? Commit their souls to him in doing good as a faithful creator. As to a faithful creator. Well, there it is. We suffer. And in, when we're going through these storms, we don't run from God. We run to God. We cling to him. And this is something that we need to learn to do. If you're not praying now, if your prayer life isn't good, make sure it gets good. Because... If you can't see God in the good, it might be hard to see God when it's rough. Okay, uh, moving on from that. So we talked about in a previous podcast how the Lord saw what this church in Smyrna was facing. uh, And he was pleased that this church uh, stayed faithful to him, that they did not turn away. So they're listening to what Peter wrote that they committed their souls uh, to the Lord. And they did not compromise. So this, I want to speak directly more to churches. When we see the world hating us more, the answer is not to try to make them happy. I think this is actually something that's happening a bit in the church in North America, uh, where you're seeing that as the world is taking a very left turn off the highway of common sense, that churches, instead of standing for the truth uh, on things that really should not be an issue to stand for, are now beginning to compromise in those things. That is not the answer. You do not compromise with the world. We do not do that. We do not become friends of the world. There's a difference between Jesus being the friend of sinners individual people that will come to know him versus making friends with the world. The Bible is very clear that if we're friends with the world, we're enemies of God. The world is, McMick wrote a book, it's not our home. The little G of this world, little God, the course of, and I'm not talking about the planet, okay, the system that exists on this planet, the thinking, uh, the philosophy, so to speak of it, is influenced and inspired by the devil. And that we do not join in with just because people get upset over things. Well, in the seven churches that we're reading, there is a pattern where we spoke a few, several episodes ago, right, about the lampstand. Yes. And Jesus' ability uh, to remove one of the lights, one of the candlesticks. Well... 
that doesn't mean that all the people that are in that church, you know, because there is also that pattern in those verses about those who repent, you know, mm. do this. And right. I know we're going to get more into that later, but it's like, do this and uh, you will be saved. Well, it's like, that doesn't mean that the church as a whole will do it. it. Might just mean that that church will close down and that some of us will have to scatter in other churches, but that lampstand will be removed. And the distinction i think between church and individuals is important although many things with the individuals will impact the church as a body yeah absolutely jesus also saw their poverty and says though you're rich this wasn't a rich church so they're going through persecution and they don't have much they didn't so actually it might have been made worse by the persecution. Uh you know, they don't have much. And now like you gotta think, if they're a poor, if the church itself is poor and now they're suffering, now it's even harder for them potentially to get work. Uh it could be even harder for them. People might not want to give to them or, or like sell. Or you're one of them, we're not selling to you. Uh and you kind of see that attitude a bit today, uh, when the cancel culture thing, right? Where, especially towards, like, Israel, you'll see, like, oh, we don't like Jews, so we're, we're going to... And I know there's a name for it where they won't buy stuff from, from Jew, for anything that's from Israel or, or from Jews. Uh, so that, like, that could have existed for them. But yet the Lord says that, but yet they're rich. They had treasure in heaven. And maybe in the persecution, maybe they, things were taken from them. And you'll you'll see this happening. I've read stories of this uh, in in some eastern countries where you'll have mobs of people show up and they'll rob from the pastor's home or take from the church or from believers. They'll rob them. So even if they don't have much, whatever little they have is taken from them. But yet they knew they had treasure in heaven. Matthew six nineteen to twenty one says, "Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal." But lay up for yourself treasure in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. If our focus is on things of this earth and persecution comes, we're going to quickly abandon the Lord because we don't want to lose those things that we hold dear. That's why we have to be very careful, in the, especially North American, Western uh, countries, where we can be into materialism without realizing it. And... If the idea of losing our comfort, like, oh, it's easy, we'll go to church on Sunday, uh, and then we can still come home and still do our thing. What if that's taken away? We don't have that. Lose those creature comforts, those things that we like. But if if our focus is more into that than we realize, and it becomes almost like an idol, if that's being threatened to be lost, we might easily turn from the Lord. That's why the Lord is saying, he's, he's not saying that having possessions in and of himself is wrong, that you can't have money. He's not saying that. The problem is, is that we have a hard time handling these things. He, the Lord knows this. And that if we're, too, if we're not careful, we can become, we can grip these things. And they become more important to us than the Lord. So, and he also continues with the fact, uh, in verse 9, he also says, I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. 
he sees the attacks that they were receiving of those who call themselves Jews and was very like, this is a hard word. Okay. This, I think a lot of Christians, even serious Christians would have a hard time saying, no, these people are the synagogue of Satan. That's what the Lord says. Now, even though, uh, as I was studying this, there's many different interpretations on what that meant. Um, whatever this religious movement got into. But I think it's something important to remember. No matter how holy that this these Jews thought they were, um, or how holy that which calls itself religious, they were attacking the true church of Jesus Christ. And by doing that, had aligned themselves with the devil. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, they're actually in fellowship with the devil, and they're deceived, and the Lord sees it. So this means that a judgment day uh, was coming for this group. Now, today, a lot of persecution experienced around the world comes from that which is religious. I know that's not popular to bring that up because it's not popular to point out anything that is considered minority or oppressed in the West. But in our culture, there is a group of individuals that uh, really, I don't know, what, I don't want to say placate, maybe placate the word, um, the way they act towards this group is as if they're a fragile minority, yet this religious group that they really um, play to, or I'm trying to think of the word, but it's eluding me. Great. Wonderful. Whatever. This group persecutes Christians around the world, attacks Christians, kills Christians, and yet a lot of people would say, no, 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 they're not like that. They're very kind and peaceful people. And that's true. There are kind and peaceful people in that religion. But yeah, this religion is killing Christians. Mm -hmm. And I know it's not popular to say, but any group that does that, whether it calls itself Christian or not, is of the synagogue of Satan. Mm -hmm. And the Lord sees it. The Lord knows. And just because the Lord hasn't intervened in that situation and dealt with them in the moment does not mean judgment day isn't coming for them. It's like that verse, right? Uh, You're doing the work of your father, the devil. Yes. That's pretty much, I think, what's being said here. And considering that it is Christ writing those letters to the churches, and I'm pretty sure that's what Christ told. It's in character. It's in character with him. And I think the idea that it's actually something that he can declare. He can point out. Like, we can't tell hearts, we don't know intentions, we don't... Some people could be doing terrible things with the best of intentions, right? And we can't be, like, for sure, this these people, synagogue of Satan necessarily, or whatever. But at the end of the day, Christ can. And we like to think of, I think, as a culture of Jesus as this kind of lovey-dovey kind of person. And it's like, well, actually... These are words that he's said to people, several, you know. Uh, He wasn't super kind with, you know, money changers and, you know, Pharisees and Sadducees and whatnot. He was just, he was and is the truth. Yeah. And whatever, you know, smacks against it uh, is in for a ride. Yeah, and it's it's interesting, you know, and Jesus calls them Jews, and, and I know like most Christians wouldn't even come close to calling out a group of individuals. But at the, at that time in history, a lot of Christians were Jewish people. 
and we can kind of fast forward throughout history, there has been that which calls itself a Christian religion, and they have killed Christians in the name of Christ. Just like you might have had Jews killing them in the name of of, of Yahweh. Mm. And it's it's incredible how the, the devil will deceive people. Because regardless if you like saying that's a synagogue of Satan or not, if you're killing God's people, you're in a line with the devil. This is a reality because the thief comes not to steal, kill, and destroy. So that's why it's like it's religious persecution is real. And even in the West, even though we don't have religious institutions attacking like physically harming people, but even in the West, you'll have, you'll find that which will oppose the true gospel, and many times calls itself religious or even Christian. That when the true gospel comes out and is preached, you will then see a lot of Christians kind of speak out against it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's eye opening. Let's, basically, what we're trying to say is don't think that everything that calls itself religious is of the Lord. Just because they say, I love God, or, or I'm peaceful, or I love Jesus. We've been very open in this podcast without trying to specifically go against groups and make it think that we're attacking groups. But you need to define terms with people. Don't take for face value that when someone says, I'm a Christian, or I believe this, that they're actually believing in the God of the Bible. Because when you start to define terms, you find out, one, they don't believe the same thing as you, and then the spirit of the attitude behind them might be totally foreign. Yes, I 100% agree, and I love talking about this. Um, So I think one of the reasons why um, that verse specifically says that is because um, you can be a Jew physically, but if you're only a real Jew if you believe in the Messiah. So if you reject the Messiah, you're not a real Jew according to Jesus. On right? a spiritual level. On a spiritual level. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because you are definitely a physical Jew. But but I'm talking about, like, what is a value for the Lord? Well, it's if you believe in Jesus Christ, right? Amen, yeah. And so a lot of, like you said, a lot of people can say that they believe in Jesus Christ, but what version of Jesus Christ are they talking about? Are they talking about the Mormon Jesus? Are they talking about the Jehovah's Witness Jesus? Are they even talking about um, the the Muslim Jesus? Like what type of Jesus are, are they talking about? And each of these groups thinks that they maybe have the truth. But when you boil it down and you compare it to the word of God, you're like, okay, well, all these people, they're part of the synagogue of Satan, you know? It's just, it's the sad reality. So... You need to have the, your Bible open and you have to, like you said, ask people to devi- define their terms and you have to evaluate if they really are true Christians or not. Yeah, deception is very powerful. And that's why, as believers, we need to be in the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if not, we can fall for something that is that has eternal consequences. And that's what matters the most is, hey, look, like, the Lord has given us his word. Don't you want to know exactly what he's that what you have is his pure word or are you only going with something because it's easy 
or everyone is going along with it. Like you were talking, you know, you mentioned, I don't know if it was this time or the last podcast about the teacher and who's on creationists, who's on the evolutionary side. And I was like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that went just with the crowd. Don't want to look foolish. And there's going to be times that that actually might happen in religion where you'll go with what is popular. A lot of people are going here. So we'll go to this church and, um, and they're teaching things that are wrong. You know, and that doesn't mean that because they're teaching things that are wrong, that it's necessarily a synagogue of Satan. I think they started killing people, then perhaps yes, but uh, still, if it's a if it's error, it's going to prevent people from entering the kingdom of God. Jesus said that to the Pharisees that they are preventing people. Why? Because of their error, and yet these individuals were looked upon as holy, godly men leaders in the community when you actually look at jewish uh, about the israel history in the old testament uh especially when you go through judges and you see the backsliding to back and forth back and forth uh, and then up to when they went into captivity they were apostate so many times but then when they went back they were more structured and serious like if you would just on the outside looking in you think well this is very religious very serious but then when jesus comes jesus totally blows that out the water no you're not and so that's why we have to look at the true words of god jesus got put on a cross yes it was the will of god but god used men to do it and those men didn't do it you know because he was such a nice guy and was going around giving everyone hugs and you know inviting them over for parties jesus upset a lot of people he upset a lot of the religious people. Keep that in mind. No matter what you say or do, if those religious individuals are not of the Lord, they're going to get upset, and they're not going to like it. So do not compromise with that just because they have titles on their wall or that you know they have a great following. That means nothing. That means nothing. Does anyone want to make a final point? We're going to land this fancy file airplane back into the bunker. Uh, I hope it was a blessing to you. I'm your host, Greg the Scott. I have with me uh, the wonderful, marvelous Mick. Thanks for having me. And Melanie, who has finally stopped giggling. Yes. Thank you, and God bless.